Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. Uh, my name is Roy Vandewater, and joining today's is Jurgen Apello. Uh, could you please introduce yourself a little bit, Jurgen? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my, um, my name is Jurgen Apollo, and I am the writer of a book called Management 3.0. I am also the, the author of a blog called noab.nl, and uh, I am uh, interested in the role of the manager in, in agile organizations, organizations working with Scrum or any of the other uh, agile methods. Cool. So. I've been uh, scanning through Management 3.0, and I talked to Jade quite a bit, who has uh, read the whole thing. And what was kind of your motivation to write that book? Well, my original motivation was to uh, to write a book about complexity science and agile sovereignty development because uh, I like the the science that explains why agile works. Uh, I, I I read lots of books about systems theory and and fog and with people at conferences. I noticed that their main problems were with management and leadership, because uh, agile and Scrum do not really define what the role is of managers. Uh, people just see managers as impediments to to be put on the on the impediment backlog. Or something, um, but managers have to have to support the teams in order to make agile really work. So when I got that feedback, I thought, okay, well, let's let's focus my book on that topic because I happen to be a manager for 15 years, so I I knew something about uh, the role of the manager in agile organizations. So that's that's what I then decided to focus on. So, what do you feel has been the reaction from the managers that uh, that have read your book? Well, so far so good. Um, interestingly enough, uh, most of the people who read my book are not necessarily managers themselves, but interested in 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 the the, the role of the managers or how to help them. Uh, also, in my courses, for example, based on the book, I think about 20% uh, of them are are middle managers. Uh, the other 80% are formed by scrum masters, product owners, uh, uh, team leaders, uh, sometimes an entrepreneur, sometimes a project manager, a very diverse bunch of people, but they all struggle with the management uh, position. So either they are themselves managers or they want to help managers in order to, to get them aligned with what Agile expects from them. Uh, cool. So. Many people are saying that they value innovation, but they don't really allow the environmental conditions for it to thrive, to exist. What can we as Agile coaches do to help that? Um, well, that's a difficult, difficult question. Um, I think um, one thing that that's seems to lack in, in Agile methods is experimentation. Um, basically, I learned from, from uh, system science that there are three forms for systems to survive in changing environments, and scrum teams are also systems that are trying to survive in a changing environment. And those three, uh, those three approaches are anticipation, adaptation, and experimentation. Well, in Scrum, we do a little bit of anticipation because we try to look ahead at the next sprint and sort of predict what 
what the customer uh, wants, at least that's what the product owner does. And we do a lot of adaptation because we show the results to the product owner and then they respond and the backlog changes and new priorities, things like that. But what about experimentation? There is no real guidance on, on exploring things just for the sake of trying things out. And I explain that uh, sometimes jokingly, uh, like like I, I ordered a chai tea latte from Starbucks a few weeks ago uh, just to see what it was. And I hated it. It was terrible. I threw it away. Uh, this was neither anticipation nor adaptation. It was exploration, just trying things out for for the sake of trying. And I think we seem to be lacking that in, in, in agile organizations. And that is what innovation needs, actually. We need a bit of time and space for, for experiments. So I, from, from reading a book, I feel that you value self-organization a lot in getting the team to feel like they have the authority to perform this type of experimentation. And I've heard managers in the past ask the uh, somewhat ironic question, how do I make my team be self-organizing? But I guess what is the, the, the right way to ask that question? It's like, what is, how do I allow my team to self-organize or encourage them to self-organize? Have you found a good way to, to, to get them to real feel comfortable to take the authority to make decisions and experiment? Um, yeah, because um, usually managers struggle a bit uh, with, with delegating stuff to self-organizing teams because they see it as a black or white thing. Either I make a decision as a manager or the teams make the decisions as self-organizing teams and they see it as just two options. But actually there are more options in between. There are shades of gray. Um, and in my book, I list seven levels of delegation where uh, the second level, for example, is trying to convince a team, but you still make the decision as a manager. And the third level is a step further where you first ask teams, what is it that you would do if you were allowed to make that decision? Just give me your input, but then still I will decide. So step by step, you could go into the direction of full delegation without doing a, a full-blown uh, sweep from, from level one to level seven because that for some managers uh, f feels dangerous and it is dangerous uh, with, with some teams. You need a more gradual approach. So I try to help them uh, with, uh, with that and, and I explain it sometimes as, as trying to find what is, uh, what is uh, the speed limit, trying to drive your car as fast as possible but you don't want to drive too fast because that will end up in chaos. It's the same with self-organizing teams. I've seen it myself. If, if they if uh, inexperienced and immature teams are allowed to make any kind of decision, things will blow up. Uh, there is too much freedom. You have to constrain it a little bit. So what would you say to a manager that's resisting allowing their team to self-organize? Perhaps somebody more of the like traditional management um, role where they've always been taught that if they're not in control, then everything is going to go wrong. Well, that's a, that's a well-known problem. It's a good question. And um, I can only tell from my own experience that I have, have noticed quite the opposite. When I introduced Scrum in the Agile organization, things were going better. Uh, things were not blowing up around us uh, as much as they used to uh, uh, before. And uh, we had self-organizing teams. I was able to delegate to them. Um, and the performance went up. And this 
did not diminish my role as a manager. On the contrary, it 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 elevated me in the eyes of many, including my my own CEO, because I was the one who came up with it. I was the one who said we we have to do this. So uh, the result was that I expanded my span of control uh, from from 20 people to 30 people, and in the end to 100 people, because it made us it made us more scalable, and I could manage more teams. So uh, I would deny that it makes managers feel powerless. Uh, and on the contrary, if you do it well, it it could make you more powerful. So we it, it is a bit cliche, but it is it is win win. Uh, you you gain from it as a manager uh, you uh, the, because better performing teams reflect on you as a manager because they are your teams and 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 my CEO didn't want to let go of me anymore uh, after such uh, such good decisions. Gotcha. So you you had talked a little bit about, about introducing Scrum into organizations and kind of um, starting to form these teams. Uh, you just came out with a new book called How to Change the World. How does that fit into to trying to introduce organizational change? Well, the question that I get most often is, um, is uh, how do I get other people to change their behavior? Or any form of that question, like how do I convince team members that they should develop themselves some more? Or how do I convince my customers that they should accept uh, Scrum and its changing backlog and things like that? It's always the same thing that, that agilists and agile coaches struggle with. It is convincing other people that they have to change. Well, this is basic change management. And I have researched that. I have borrowed lots of ideas from, from, from many good books. And I turned it into a little handbook called How to Change the World. It is an ambitious title, um, but it's only, it's only 80 or 90 pages. It sort of gives an overview from, from my perspective as a complexity thinker uh, how you should approach a social system, which an organization is. It is a social system. And you have to poke it with ideas and, and experiments and see what works and what doesn't and do it iteratively and get feedback and basically you'll be you have to be agile as as a change agent as well because you never know how the system is going to respond how the organization is going to respond to your ideas but uh, just try it try things out and also understand that you have to work on not only the rational level but the emotional level as well because some people are aware of a need for change but they have to be fed the medicine with lots of uh, lots of sugar. Uh, so you have to address the, 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 the people's intrinsic desires as well, and not only the rational part. So in, in the book, too, you talk a little bit about how management is oftentimes really slow to change. Why do you think that is? I think it's for many reasons. Uh, I'm quite sure some of them uh, will fear their uh, their jobs uh, because they see it, uh, uh, and not unreasonably, as as uh, a danger for their position. Because I do think that uh, that in some organizations there are too many managers. The middle management layer is simply too fat. Uh, it can be thinner but it doesn't mean that we need no managers. So I'm quite sure that for some this is the reason to, to, uh, to resist. Uh, and while for others it is simply not knowing what to do and, and uh, willing to work with self-organizing teams but fearing that things go out of control. So these people have a 
these managers would have a positive uh, inclination towards agile, but they simply don't know how to handle it in in a, in a safe uh, in a safe way. Um, and there are many different ways, many different reasons, I think, for managers to uh, to be cautious or, or resisting, and we have to figure it out on a person by person basis. Cool. So, what would be your best uh, change success story where you've gone in somewhere and introduced a, a good change? Well, that would be my own organization because I'm not an agile coach. I can only talk from my own experience as a manager, and I've been working uh, in my last organization for seven years as CIO. And uh, there, I introduced Scrum, and it, it and it was uh, it was uh, a success in terms of the people who were working there, both the team members and and man top management and and customers. Of course, there were plenty of problems uh, that we had to solve, but. That's that's what Scrum does. It doesn't solve the problems itself. It just makes them more visible. Uh, so we could start working on them. But everyone agreed that we made a good step in the right direction. And that's that's my personal experience. Uh, of course, I hear plenty of stories from others, but they're not my own. Cool. So recently, you've been involved uh, and helped organize something called the Stews Network. Could could you please tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I was in contact with Steve Denning, another author who wrote Radical Management, uh, and uh, Franz Rosely, who was uh, part of the Beyond Budgeting movement, and Peter Stevens, who was an agile coach. And the four of us thought, wouldn't it be great to, 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 to get uh, people together who are all trying to address the management problem? And I'm just one of many. So we started inviting people, and uh, this this turned out uh, uh, this 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 became the Stoos event, the uh, Stoos. It is it is actually pronounced in German, um, in in Switzerland, where we had 21 people together to discuss things, and we tried to figure out how can we accelerate change in the world. And it is a very, very difficult topic, but uh, we had uh, we were very much inspired by each other, and it, it seems that there's plenty of uh, spin-off activity now with with Stoss satellites and 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 uh, uh, fearless change, uh, fearless Hamburg, fearless uh, fearless etc. <laughs> Lots of cities where where events are being scheduled, and we're already talking about some some follow-up uh, events. Uh, that have not been uh, 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 announced or scheduled yet, but at least we want to we want to go on, because it is a topic that many people are concerned about, and uh, we're all trying to figure out how how can we help to accelerate uh, accelerate change in the in the world. So my little book, uh, How to Change the World, is my own small contribution, but many people have their own uh, contributions as well, and we sort of want to. Uh, uh, align them uh, and 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 make a dent together. That that would be useful, I think. Gotcha. So, do you have anything that you'd like to promote, or current things that you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, there's there's lots of things that I'm 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 working on. Basically, I'm I'm I've already started writing the next book. Um, which is sort of a real follow-up to Management 3.0 um, in terms of very practical uh, uh, stuff to do. I, I, I aim for um, uh, things you can try the next Monday morning when you get back to your work. Those that 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 level of practical pragmatic stuff. 
because my first book had had, had lots of lot of theory in it, and and I thought it was important to to to, to have a solid foundation. Um, but now people are asking for more examples of practical things that are are happening in other organizations and that they could try out. So I am I'm collecting those. I I talk with people at conferences. I have my own uh, uh, um, uh, idea of, of, of what I call roving coffee. I have coffee with people uh, in, in, in various places in the world, wherever I'm traveling. I invite people to have coffee with me and I ask them, uh, what are practices that are working for you? I want to hear their stories. So anyone who wants to share a story with me, they can do that over email or have coffee with me and I'm collecting them. And uh, hopefully that turns into a very interesting new book uh, that, that might be out. Uh, by the end of the year or next year uh, or something. Awesome. That that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best agile content delivered weekly for free. The Scrumcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.